Hey everyone, you're listening to the Commander's Brew Podcast. And around here, we want to bring you the funnest EDH decks possible on a reasonable budget. So, if you're a Commander player who loves an interesting brew, we're the cast for you. Hey, if you've been here a while and you're loving what we do, consider supporting our show by subscribing on YouTube or giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Or, the biggest and best support is over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash commandersbrew, where you can support us directly while joining other like-minded commander players on our Discord. But without further ado, this week's episode is Vega Populate Storm. everyone welcome it's episode 285 it's the commander's brew uh we're back again uh andy hulls here there's sean tabaris how are you doing sean i'm doing good uh we're just coming off of a birthday celebration for our cats wow that's 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 really nice that you do that for your cats i mean we didn't like we didn't like put up balloons because you know they can't they don't know the significance of balloons sure also they try to eat the string and it's bad for them yeah or if you're like my cat just tries to just eat the balloon the actual balloon (laughs) she's bad she's bad yeah yeah um so Uh, like is it is so do you get do you you don't actually know your cat's birthdays no 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 no, yeah who does who does who knows any like I don't know. I don't know how, like, I, I guess I w- my instinct wants to say the, their mother, but that certainly is not true. They have no concept of date. Uh, <laughs> Getting into yeah. the real nitty gritty of the psyche well, of animals. Because, like, like unless, unless you, like, breed them, I think there's no way to, like, nobody, nobody is yeah. writing this down. Yeah, no there's one's no, keeping track like, of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we just kind of said that it, it's today. And so what, I did. I didn't make it up, but uh, the, their birth date has been decided. So already. tell us, tell us about these cats. How many cats? What their what's their names? Sure. Two, you know, two give us a, cats. Give us a quick rundown. Sweetie Pie. She's the more quiet one. She likes to have a little bit of space. Uh, she her favorite thing is to get pets in high places. Oh. She wants to be way up high when you pet her. And the other one is called Frankie. Frankie is more of like she'll let you know she wants attention. She'll like step on your foot. She'll like <laughs> walk near you and put her back foot on your foot, which is like her <laughs> yes. way of saying like, "Hey, pet me." Um, they're both named. They're both related to Mister Show. Uh, Sweetie Pie is the name of the cat behind the curtain. Uh, that was the. There was this menacing villain that was actually just a cat behind a curtain, Wizard of Oz style. Uh, that cat was Sweetie Pie. Okay, and. Frankie is named after the F in Paul F. Tompkins from Mr. Show. That's really, uh, that's really great. That's amazing. Yeah. I never really got yeah. into Mr. Show, even though like everyone I know absolutely did and loved it and always told me to watch it. And I never really got around to it. It was just one of those shows. You know, there's, there's some shows you just miss, you know, like yeah, I, I, do. I just wasn't there for that one. Yeah. And I know yeah. I would like it and I believe everyone who says it's like one of the best shows ever and fully on board with the, with all that. I'm like I really love Karen Kilgariff. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that like, is. Like Karen Kilgariff is is a she's a comedian uh from like uh I don't know where she's originally from but like in LA doing comedy and like she's in a ton of stuff but like she was she was one of the like regular cast members on Mr. Show and I knew her from oh. like her duo uh, like um, her duo comedy thing she used to do with uh, 
a another comedian slash actress named Mary Raskub who or Mary Lynn, yeah. Mary Lynn Raskub and they're both like when they were a duo they were so funny for some reason I just like randomly caught these like specials that they would do on like okay. late at night and they're they were they were a very good comedy duo they're called the Girls Guitar Club anyways <laughs> so Great. so I know about Mr. Show I just don't like I just never got into it never got never got I there. wonder if it I wonder if it would hold up in the sense that like it was doing such cool stuff that not a lot of shows were doing. Yeah, definitely. Where when you go back to those shows, you're just like, well, what's the big deal? Like I've seen this a million times, but better. It's like, well, but, but these these people were kind of the first to kind of do this style of thing. Yep. So like, it's like the movie yeah. Airplane. Right. Like the movie right. Airplane. It's so hacky it's by today's so standards. So hacky. It's it's truly like. To me, anyways, not funny. It's not a very funny movie to me. It's all dad jokes. The, exactly. And those types of jokes <laughs> were just are just worn into the ground to the point that we call them dad jokes now because that's how old they are. Those are the people yeah. making those jokes. But when that movie came out, it was like the tip top of like cutting edge comedy. Like it was just hilarious. No one made a movie like that before. And it was incredible. And everyone from that era, it's like on their top comedies of all time list easily. Yeah. But it's it's just there's types of comedy that doesn't that doesn't like uh, necessarily, you know, um, live on like. Uh, yeah, there's just I don't know for, for for whatever reason it is, maybe it gets too popular. Like Awesome Powers is kind of the same way. The first awesome. Sure. I mean, I personally think the first Awesome Powers movie holds up. <laughs> Still okay upon rewatching, um, but like obviously, like all those jokes got ran into the ground, and like probably somebody watching that now for the first time, just like what what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. This is funny. The quotability, yeah, right? Like yeah. anything with that kind of quotability. Airplane two, right? There's a lot of quotable yes, stuff from that, right? That that is probably a symbol of something that was revolutionary. Like I haven't watched Napoleon Dynamite since it was relatively True. new and i wonder if that's good anymore mm-hmm. but i remember when i first saw that i was like i couldn't like i, I was blown away like i like I, I i drank every frame yeah i me too i think one of the things that those movies honestly has on a movie like airplane is that napoleon dynamite specifically has like has a really good story like the story of napoleon dynamite is actually good and you like you become invested in the characters even though some of them are really silly and all this, right? But right. there's a real story being told there. Whereas, like, Airplane, there's barely a story. Well, it's okay, just a but... Par- it's, it's straight-up parody, basically, you know? Right, but 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 we, we are already... Like, Airplane is, like, the beginning of my comedy awareness. So I, I've never seen the movies it's supposed to be parodying. That's true. So, like, yeah. like, like it would be like watching Scary Movie yes. but never having seen the movies. You're like, yeah. I don't understand any of this. It's true. And in many, yeah, it, it really, that that's the genre. That's We're, we're kind of even comparing uh, amongst different comedy genres, kind of. Right. Uh, because you're right. Like, Scary Movie is really more akin to what Airplane is. It's, a, it's pretty much a direct parody. Yeah. Anyways. There's a there's a little comedy, I have, you know. We started several new podcasts in the beginning of this podcast, and uh, this is the latest one. We, yeah. Sean and yeah. Andy on comedy, the history of comedy. <laughs> Tune in next week when we do Medea movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, how they're influenced by Lenny Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Just comedy. 
just just wow. basic comedy stuff um well basic the basics um <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness thank you thank you for indulging us uh, i hope you had a laugh with us and uh we, we we're grateful that you listened to us thank you thank you for listening for watching for all of all of the support you offer thank you truly some of you have said to yourselves hey i like them so much i want to help out financially so you've gone to com- uh, patreon.com slash commanders brew to donate there you can get involved with our discord help us put the show together by helping us make the decks uh we've got a really like the the there's a little spell table edh kind of channel going on that's like getting pretty hot these days there's quite a few games going on in there uh that's super fun and i also think that like some of you if maybe you're just like well i don't have a lot of cash but i want to help out and that's not my thing Maybe check out those links to the show notes. There's always going to be a link to our TCG player link. If you click through there and buy any cards that way, you're going to get uh, anything you get. That way we get a little slice of that action. That helps us out immensely. And there's always those free things you can do, like subscribing, telling a friend, leaving a positive review on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, and all of that, those are all wonderful and if you are a Canadian like us, we have a special deal for you. We have a coupon code to get money off your singles in Canada through the Wizard Tower. Let's hear an ad from them now. We're proud Canadian podcasters, and we're proud to be sponsored by one of Canada's premier card stores, the Wizard's Tower, wizardtower.com. Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code, Brew Call Time, to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free as long as you ordered $15 or more in singles. And you can check out our deck list for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their contents at mtgcanada.com. See you on the frozen northern tundras. Okay, we are back. And um, we're going to we're gonna get into a little... Uh, I think we haven't done for a long time, actually. We're going to get into a, a, little, a little discussion topic uh, today. And that the reason why that's happening today is because we don't usually uh like if you if you listen to the show you probably know that we record these two at a time so it's it's we're not always able to like have the freshest take on something that actually is happening like basically we have like one week to do that of the two weeks and sometimes it just doesn't line up this week something big happened in magic so we're going to talk about it um uh and it's going to be uh uh it's we're going to be talking about um, the new licensing deal that Wizards just talked about, and I want to I want to start uh, picking Sean's brain about it. So, uh, so yeah, Sean, big news uh, this past week. Uh, Wizards of the Coast announced that we will be getting a, or I guess they didn't really announce it. It was like mention, It was said in this like Hasbro investors call. I think actually, that's where the actual source is. Um, Magic the Gathering will be getting a actual set a full set of a lord of the rings like magic set themed magic set and they also mentioned warhammer 40k and i I don't know if it was exactly mentioned in the in the same thing whether that one was going to be a secret layer drop or if it was going to be a full set apparently that was left a little bit uh, ambiguous but um these are the two properties that were mentioned and uh i mean okay so let's let's talk about it because Sure. There's, there's, I think there's a lot going on here. A lot of people, a lot of opinions uh, out there on Twitter. We've, we've read a lot of them. But what's, where do you, where, what do you think about just the idea of? Let's just talk about the idea of the licensing in general and the fact that we're getting these two properties. Yeah, I mean, 
uh, gotta keep it simple because we don't have a ton of info specifics yeah. so we're just going on a lot of assumptions and guesses but i mean we're already in it we're already in the thick of licensing right like they've already licensed other non-magic things and put them in magic one way or another mm-hmm. so uh, that that's never going to stop as long as it keeps making the money <laughs> and we know so, that walking dead did make a lot of money sure sure so i mean if we're just talking about franchises in general i think warhammer 40k is it old warhammer or warhammer 40k it's 40k the old one specifically so the it's future the stuff. yeah it's the future okay. stuff yeah with the space prince well i mean there's already orcs yeah and Space Lord of the Orcs. Rings is very, very magic-y anyway, yes. with giant spiders and magical items and different creatures and wizards. So like that that doesn't seem like a stretch at all. So you're so you like the idea. You're into it. You're fine with it. Am I fine? I mean, I'm fine with it because I've learned to be fine with right. it. And and you know, after I faced it, I was a little, you know. I felt a little salty about the walking dead business because it seemed so inappropriate. Uh, But I started, but over time as it like, like you just can't find, like there's no sense in just being grumpy about it. It's like, well, we're into it. Sure. Uh, And the, the question that I will have is what's it going to look like 10 years from now? Uh, Is there going to be any coherent theme to any commander deck or is it going to be like that web comic that was going around? I was like, I tap my whopper to give my, to, to give Optimus prime two plus two. Like, yeah. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that that cardboard crack comic, because it was kind of making the argument that a lot of people said when the, when the walking dead stuff was happening, the whole slippery slope argument, um, which you know is a tough one because it's it's you the, the slippery slope thing doesn't usually happen it's not like a thing that's guaranteed or anything in any given circumstance we use that argument but it's kind of interesting to see that like not very long after we're already we're seeing the same thing we're see, we're, we're actually kind of seeing that come true we're see we're seeing two one i think fairly unlikely one like i think that like you said thematically makes a ton of sense but but it's happening a full lord of the rings set that's wild to me um i just want to say personally i love the idea of a lord of the rings set i actually think like say what you will about licensing in general but i think like don't isn't this kind of what we like why we all kind of started playing magic is to like play with these types of things in these types of in this type of a world now obviously we've all grown to love the world that wizards has created for magic and it's a robust and big world like honestly like probably on the same scale as tolkien's lord of the rings right like we don't have a silmarillion to be you know we don't have a literal history book to look at but there's like there's a lot of stories within the in the multiverse now um lord of the rings is just going to get added into there but uh i think um here's the other thing whenever they made one of those games whenever they made another trading card game and they've done it for everything whenever they made like a Lord of the Rings trading card game or a yeah. Star Wars trading card game. I mean, Star Trek, Star Trek. They made a Star Trek, the next generation one. Like I played the Star Wars one. I actually love it. I think it's really good. But there is a thing that once I started playing magic, I was just like, well, magic's just better. Yeah. And I kind of wish that these other ones were just like magic. So, hey, guess what? <laughs> now that's what it is. Lord of the Rings is just magic now. Great. Uh, no. Well, the, the thing that's different, though, well, the, the, there there is there is one key difference as I see okay. it that 
And here's why I loved playing the Star Wars game. Here's why I, lo- I was interested in the Star Trek The Next Generation game. Um, because I want to do the stories of yeah. the characters that I know. In Magic, there are no stories, quote unquote. There's like sort of like hidden things. It's like, oh, in this one, we the story of Kaldheim is that this character faces this character and this happens. But it's not such a thing. But if I were to play the Lord of the Rings set... I'm going to want to throw the ring into Mount Doom. Right. You I'm, want to play I'm not, not going to want to, I'm not going to want to beat my opponent by doing like, well, if, you know, it's just, it just makes sense. If you just keep tapping Samwise and combining him with this, that's a win. It's, <laughs> it's like, I don't, that's not, that, 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 that doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings to me. I would want to do the movie. Mm. But when I play magic, I'm not, I don't feel compelled to do a movie. I'm just yes. playing these cards. Yes. Yeah. 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 True, true. And that's because I think uh, Magic st- starts as a game first and then there's a story layered on top of it, whereas obviously yeah. Lord of the Rings is a story first and then now we're trying to make a game out of it. Um, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think you're I think you're right about that. There's a different feel to it. Uh, I will point out, though, that once I was playing the Star Wars CCG and one of the most thrilling moments was when I was uh, I was the Imperials. My opponent, Butler, was the Rebels. I was I had I had Boba Fett and I had captured a pilot. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't Han Solo, but it was just a pilot. And I was bringing him to Cloud City to do the carbon freezing chamber. And yeah. Vader was yeah. waiting there. And then honestly, Butler had Luke training on Dagobah because that was like a big deck of like it was like the Jedi training deck. And he yeah. was like, well, I got to. The only guy I have out here is Luke. I got to make Luke go save this guy over <laughs> Cloud City. And yeah. it was like, it was perfect. So so here's, but here's the thing though, right? So there's two things here. Yes, that's the plot of Empire Strikes Back. So yes. awesome. This is so perfect. Yeah. Isn't it awesome to play it out in the game? But also there was a lot of other stuff that wasn't at all close to Empire Strikes Back. Those elements, of course, were because they were meant, they're designed that way. But like I had like Porkins in the back of yes. slave one you know it wasn't han solo yes so there's you know there's there's little there's concessions you make and i, th- I think that i guess why i'm okay with it is because i think the the, the folks at watsy are pretty good at doing that they're pretty good with the flavor stuff they're pretty good with you know if you're familiar with the stories that come out of magic like they're pretty good at making those cards representative of the things that happen in those stories and like the events that happen i, I think actually they do a good job of that so i'm excited to see if they can make that work when it comes to Lord of the Rings and don't, they're getting a full set, right? They're getting, we're getting a full set. We're going to have a Mount Doom. We're going to have the one ring. We're going to have Gollum and you know, we're going to have all this right, stuff. But, but, but like, but right. I, I, I mean, to, to, I'm just playing counterpoint here. Yes. Oh, for the sure. Reason, yeah. The reason the Star Trek, the next generation game was the worst is because they put all the characters, you know, at mythic rarity or whatever they called it. Right. Mm. Like their equivalent of mythic. Um, so like I bought like a starter deck and a couple of packs and I was was like, I have nobody (laughs) that is from the show. This is the worst. And we're, and so like, like, are you telling me you're going to want to like open a box of Lord of the Rings and just like, if I like, all I want is the fellowship. Like, like, do you know how hard it is to get seven legendary characters on your side of the battlefield for more than one phase like (laughs) you will never you will never see the fellowship in that magic world 
and, and that's not a knock against like magic. How many times all, did you have the I, gate watch out? You know, how many times did you assemble the gate watch to stop the Eldrazi? But, but but okay, but see, here's the thing. That's like when I play magic, though. That's happening in the background yes. on Zendikar, yeah, yeah. and I never feel like I have to achieve that. True. But if I'm playing Lord of the Rings again, like I don't care if Zulaport Cutthroat like sees Samwise Ganji die and someone <laughs> loses a life and I gain a life like that that be that's meaningless to me. <laughs> so okay, uh that's valid. I think I think that's a that's a good point. So I think that um it's pretty easy to say like like some people are still upset about this because they're still sore about the Walking Dead stuff. I think that I'm more I'm more happy about this version because it because it's a full set. Um, because it's like able, to, it's going to have its own draft environment and everything. And we're gonna... do we know that's true? Will it have a draft environment? Supposedly, it's a set. I just I'm assuming like the draft I, I, I'm part assuming of it. that. Yeah, but I don't know if that's true. No, or we not. don't know if it's true. But let, let's let's assume for a second that if it's a full set, that they're it's meant to be drafted. Okay. Um, okay. Whereas you know the Walking Dead problem for I think most people was the fact that it was only available through Secret Layer, right? We couldn't buy yes. packs of the Walking Dead one, so that that's a key difference. So, so speaking of of this type of thing, speaking of this um, this kind of difference, like, what's the what do you think is the best way to do it? Do you think the best way to do it is through something like Secret Lair? Do you think it's better to release full sets? Do you think it's better to as like, hey, that comes as a commander deck? Guess what? You get to have the Orc commander deck. You get to have the, you know, or or is it like? So here here's an idea I had. What if they did something like this? What if they did something called bronze border? Okay. We've got gold bordered. We got silver bordered, black border. What about something? And bronze could be anything. It doesn't matter. Bronze border. Basically what it is, is it's its own draft, full set draft environment. You, you draft it, you, you play it limited, but it's only legal in commander. What about that? So we don't have. So and this it, is this is similar to like a master's set, like like it, it, it's skipping standard. Yeah. Like eternal. This was eternal masters, right? Legal in commander, yeah. but not legal in other but formats. Not even legacy. Not even vintage. Not even any of that stuff. I mean, oh, I don't sure, care sure. if if like if you want to tack that on, that's fine. But the reason I say commander only is because. It's basically a silver bordered set, right? It's a it's outside yeah. of the world of magic. We don't have to adhere to any of the like flavor stuff because it's Lord of the Rings also. So we keep it basically silver border, but just to like remove any of that like weird stigma of like, hey, can I use this silver border card in my commander? Yeah. Let's make it a different border and just say those that border is legal in commander. Because essentially like those gold border cards, like they're basically legal in commander. You know what I mean? Like no one's yeah. gonna turn up you know, turn up their nose to you running one of those world championship cards. And like that, that the other day that got me thinking of like, couldn't they just do that for these types of things? Well, I mean, but I, I think, but like with eternal masters, they, they don't even have to do that. Like, 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 like they can just say like, yeah, we're just not this set. We're not saying it's legal and standard. We're not saying, I guess the legacy is the only question mark, but I think you have to, I guess silver border isn't there. I don't know. I think that's a fine solution. I think it's also fine to just say, like, they're not going to break legacy or vintage with these Lord of the Rings cards. 
Uh, so I think like it's, it's everything's going to funnel into Commander no matter how you release it. That's true. That's true. And I guess they don't really care if they break Legacy or Vintage. It's not really a big concern for them. It seems anyways. Um, f- f- one final thing. Um, is there anything... So, so are there any other licenses you would actually like to see? You know? Well, yes. Well... I'm going to I'm going to half answer this. I would like to see more licenses and I would like to see them have their own sets. And the mm-hmm. legality discussion has to be addressed. I don't know how to solve this problem, but I would I would love to see the Warhammer set, but I would love to see it do things differently. Like you're always going to have lands, but like maybe maybe some something's different. Maybe the lands are a little bit different. Maybe you have different colors, but they're different types of machine resources or something or magical things and and you know now we can have like weaponry like maybe now there's like 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 projectile like there's guns and lasers and stuff and it only exists in this set i mean everything gets to commander and commander would get real weird after a few years (laughs) of all these sets but like i think it would be awesome to be able to like have the the similar rules that we have but just paint them differently and have a whole different feel so it's there's no red blue spells it's like i don't know gas and electricity like and that theme is like vehicles or something like that and it's like it's still tapping and combat and phases and instants and counter spells i don't know i think that would be fun how would that mesh with would, would that be able to play with regular magic cards i I don't know like this is where this is where it gets real murky because you can't you can't take a big design risk and plan for it to mesh well with existing cards Mm. right you can't do both at the same time so i i think it might be nice to see what they could come up with if they're allowed to really let loose and be like this doesn't have to work with anything it's still magic but it's wild I think that this is going to be very popular and I think that the people upset about it have every right to be upset about it because they like, <laughs> because everyone's feelings are valid. Of course. And, and you know, you like what you like and, and sometimes you're afraid of it to change. And, and if it changes for the worse and becomes something that you, you, you weren't there for, like that's disappointing and that that's a bummer. Um, I do see a lot of people being like, well, they just lost another customer. And I was like, okay, well at least let them, let's at least see what it's like first. You know what I mean? Before yeah, you start, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, swearing off of the game you fully do like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's also the funniest how people do this to something that they love. And I get it. There's I a whole corporate thing going on here. That's like, it's not super altruistic. It's, you know, they're, they're in this to make money and they're going to pull at our tug at our heartstrings of our childhood things that we love and all that kind of stuff. This is the world we live in. Here's what I want. Here's what I know. Here's why I know this is going to be huge. Not just because of Walking Dead was huge. That was, to, honestly, that was a surprise to me. I guess I just didn't know how many people still liked Walking Dead. Anyways, we all have made decks and or have like made cards or altered cards to look like other things, right? We, I believe the, what, second or third or even fourth deck we did sean on this very show was a lord of the rings deck and we had characters sub in for frodo and gandalf and like that was i like not only was that like fun because we got to find hey what's the magic equivalent to gandalf like that's a fun thought experiment 
but also just to be like, hey, I play, I'm playing Gandalf. Like, that's fun, you know? Yeah. And even though we had to, like, pretend Arcanus the Omnipotent was Gandalf, it was still fun. Well, guess what? Getting actual Gandalf is going to be fun. I promise you, if you like Lord of the Rings. Um, the altars, like, people get their stuff altered all the time. You know, it's go on the custom magic thing. It's there's people who design entire Star Wars sets. There's people who design entire, like, X-Men sets of magic. I was like, I was lying down the other day uh, and uh, reading my phone and I saw this news and I was like, oh man, the X, I was like, it'd be fun to get an X-Men set. And then I just started thinking, I was like, what colors, what colors Magneto? What colors are Wolverine? Yeah. Like, what's that legend? That's okay, exciting but... to think of and see. And if they make that, that's like, I'm in, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Anyways. So. I at first I didn't think I was in for this, and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "Wait a second! I think I love this." <laughs> well, and ultimately, what could it hurt? If they if they make a million IPs, you can get your Transformers set, or your X Men set, or your Star Wars set, or your Super Mario World set. Like, yeah. I, like what could it hurt? Are you are you going to make the argument that? Well, now when I play Commander, there's all these weird mishmashed of things going on. It's like, I mean, is if that's the only thing that's bad, that's nothing. Yeah, like the the feel of the magic being its own thing, disappearing from it, is something I th- is is something that's like it's kind of a bummer, right? Like if every if every second deck you ever play against that commander knight is like this is my Wolverine deck and this is my you know Gandalf deck and this is my whatever um, you know Meat Boy deck or whatever like <laughs> yeah this that's is my Princess Toad yeah deck. like that's gonna be the, I agree that I actually agree that that's like oh you know we kind of lose our we kind of lose like the identity of magic a little bit I guess we just have to tr- I, it's hard it's hard to say I, to trust something like wizards where like they're kind of being run by Hasbro. We know this for a fact, but we know that there's people in there who are passionate about what magic is at its core. And like the stories of, you know, and the characters of the world of MTG, right? Like, so I, I, I don't think we're going to ever completely lose that. I, I feel like, yes, there's a chance that down the road it goes off the rails, and then I guess maybe you'll be right. But like, if it's going to go off the rails, at least have fun for the part when it's like teetering on the rails and it's still pretty fun. Sure. <laughs> at least try to I, do I'm, that. I I'm guess. not going to, I'm not going to start real worrying until Rosewater retires. If that guy, yeah. if that guy goes like, I will have from this day forward, I will now sever all ties with magic. I'm going to be like, Oh no. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing for the people who aren't into this idea and who have legit concerns about it. I think it is good that you voice your concerns actually. And I yeah. think that like if overwhelmingly everyone really you know, didn't like something that was being done to this game that you really like and that you've invested not just money, but like time and thought and like friendships have come out of it, all that kind of stuff. That's important stuff. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to be like dismissive of anyone trying like who thinks it's a bad idea, but, uh, and, but just remember to express those things, you know, constructively and politely basically. Um, but you can still be like, I don't know, be, be passionate. Like that, that's okay. I, I think that's good. I think that's good for 
like we're, we're, we're even saying it right now we i like the idea of getting a lord of the Rings set but like if we if it does get to the point where like every other deck is like some other license like that's gonna look pretty different and that's gonna feel really different for this game and i don't know if that'll be the death of magic which everyone says is about to happen or if it's going to be just kind of i don't know blah or whatever anyways i the concerns are real are, are, are real i think they're fine to have um but you know right now i'm still on the excited side of it personally yeah me too so we'll see we'll see let, let, sound off let us know what you think um you know if you're a patron and you're in our discord would love to hear from you uh in there if you're watching this on youtube hit us up in the comments if you're listening audio only feel free to reach out on twitter we're at commanders brew and um let us know what you think about this and where you think this is gonna go and maybe or you know if you're stoked what licenses do you want to see like i said i would love to see like the mcu i'd love to see marvel x-men i'd love to see a th- like we, we kind of have a thor card but like i was like uh yeah i guess that's thor you know what i mean it's like okay no let's get a real thor card let's 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 get thor odinson out, out here anyways yeah all right well um yeah okay well you know i i i, I can't I, I know we're gonna hear from people about it so uh that's great um that's uh it's it's a it's a brave new world uh, that we're kind of entering with when it comes to all this all this uh, licensing stuff uh, okay, what do you say we get into the um, the deck tech for this week? I say, great idea. <laughs> All right, Vega Populate Storm. These are three exciting words. Um, let's 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 dive right in here, Sean. This is uh, this is obviously we're talking about Vega the Watcher, who is a new commander from um, from Call Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vega is one white blue for the two, two legendary bird spirit. This is an uncommon commander, which I love to yeah. see. Uh, Vega is a flying creature. And whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. So this is meant to, and, and does support well, the, um, the, uh, new foretell mechanic, right? So we're casting spells from exile. We're drawing cards, but this works with a ton of other mechanics throughout magic's history. We're talking about, you know, flashback, uh, retrace, you know, rebound. We're talking about, like, uh, anything that lets you cast something from the top of your library, anything that exiles a card and then cast it, blah, 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 whatever. Tons and tons and tons of interaction here. So much so that it's kind of hard to, like, figure out what you want to do with, like, a commander that basically just gives you a, a good amount of, of card advantage if you build around it. But this type of commander for me is always that thing. It's always trying to figure out, um, you know, how to build, how, obviously how to build towards the thing it wants you to do. So in this case, we're casting stuff that's not from our hand. Um, but then how do we capitalize on what Vega gives us? So if we do that, we get card advantage. We get to draw cards. Well, how does, how do then we just turn drawing cards into winning the game? Um, there's a ton of commanders out here like this, and obviously there's many different ways to do it. So this one was um, based on a suggestion from our patron, um, in our Discord, we you know when we get in there and we're brewing, um, there's a lot of ideas tossed around. But Brave Sir Robin was the one who came up with. He he actually just pointed at a card and was like, "I've always wanted to build with this card," and it just so happens I have also wanted to take advantage of this card in like more than the basic way that we kind of know we can. So, <laughs> Vega the Watcher was so funny. Well, he was like, "I have also wanted to take advantage of this card." 
as more than a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to take it out to dinner and I want to show it a good time. Uh, I don't want to just hang out and watch the hockey game. Um, <laughs> the song, the the uh, the the card that I'm talking about and that he was talking about is Song of the World Soul. Four okay. white white is an enchantment. It's from uh, the it's from the 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 um, the commander deck with uh, what's his name Svella. No, no, Selvala. It's, no, it's the one. No. it's the one that populates, uh, makes the rhinos. Anyways, okay. uh, not important. Um, whenever you cast a spell, populate. Right. Mm-hmm. So this card flew under the radar. It did. Like for some for something this cool, this should be way more famous. I agree. And I think the thing is, is like, yeah, this goes in a, if you have a deck that populates big creatures, great. Auto include, no problem. Um, but otherwise it's like a six mana, a six mana enchantment that requires you to cast a spell and also requires you to have a token. And sometimes mm-hmm. like if you're just doing it to like one, one soldiers or something like it's not really that good, right? You want to be getting something more substantial for, for this six mana enchantment that you had to put out on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, so this so the, the, this is why I've never really found a spot for it outside of the one obvious deck that it goes in. But here is here, here's a, a a spot where we're going to really take advantage of it. Um, so basically, what we're going to try and do is like get this out, um, cast some spells that make us some tokens, and we're going to populate them. And Vega is going to be that fuel, giving us the cards, kind of can tripping these like uh, weird rebound and retrace cards and stuff like that. And they're going to let us, you know, make a bunch of copies and hopefully get a big board going. So that's what's happening. Um, yeah. So basically we um, we're okay with this being six mana because we don't really want to cast it super early because there's a, there's a bit, a little bit of setup that we're, we're going to want to be doing here. Um, but we do have a good number of tutors in here. Um, Sean, why don't you read these first two tutors just so that we can get our song of the world soul. Sure. Idyllic tutor. Thank you, Wizards Thinks, for the reprint. Oh, big time, uh, big time Wizards Thinks. Tune and White Sorcery. Search your library for any enchantment. Reveal it. Put it in your hand. Then shuffle. And Lost Auromancers. Two White White for a 3-3 three, three Human Wizard. And they start with Vanishing 3, so you're putting three van- time counters on them. Uh, and every upkeep, you remove a time counter. So when Lost Auromancers dies, if it had no time counters on it, you have to sacrifice them when you remove the last one so that this kicks in when you remove the last counter. If it had no time counters on it, you may search your library for an enchantment card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So your opponents can kill them to deny you the opportunity to tutor it up. Yeah. I mean, this is a Commander's Brew classic. We we mm-hmm. back when back before the reprint of Idyllic Tutor even, we were using this card because it's cheaper. And unfortunately, it's kind of like the only thing that gets us uh, enchantments. Yeah, that's any kind of reasonable price, right? So, yeah, it's it's we've talked about it lots before. It's not an amazing card. It's not great. It's a tutor that takes three turns to happen, and your enemy, your your enemies, your opponents can can get rid of it and stop it. So yeah, it's not it's not amazing, but there are actually some things in the deck that that make up for it. Like it's going to be actually kind of easy to copy this creature. So that's it's actually pretty easy to get like two lost Ormancers. So your opponents. If they board wipe, yeah, you're you're screwed. But if they are just trying to, you know, they're they're not even gonna bother at that point. There's one more here too that actually we're gonna. This is our like trick that we always do when we need to when we need to tutor for an enchantment. Um, 
this is the this is the trick here all right transmute on ethereal usher as it's a six mana spell five and a blue for a two three spirit and it has an activated ability blue tap target creatures unblockable this turn but the key is that transmute uh, transmute always costs three you always do it at sorcery speed in this case it's one blue blue and you can search for any card in your library that has the same cmc as this card in this case six that matches up with song of the world soul bada boom bada bing bada boom bada bing i love transmute i've always been a big fan and i and i love it in these types of decks where we can't run just mm -hmm. regular sort of the cheaper black tutors so we uh yeah, we'll run an ethereal usher. I mean, sure, even as a creature, sometimes at, at least there's that second option where it's a creature. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not great. Six minute, two, three, but you know, I can make something unblockable. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely in there for the for that tutoring ability. Um, there are all there are other good enchantments too, right? If we already have our song of the world soul, we want to go get uh, and and like we draw these tutors. Like we got we got to have something else to get that's actually worth it. Ethereal usher can get any six drop. So actually, that's a even longer list of, of really good stuff that it can get. Um, whereas the enchantments, we've got Future Sight, which is two blue, blue, blue for the enchantment that says play with the top card of your library revealed and you may play the top card of your library. This card is excellent in Vega because anything played from the top of your library, you're also going to draw a card. Um, so there's like double duty there. And Oh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Leyline of Anticipation, you know, getting that fairly recent reprint in M20, uh, drop the price of this card down. It's two blue blue. Uh, if it's in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on your uh, on the battlefield. And then, uh, but if it lets you cast spells as though they had flash, really nice to have flash uh, at all. Of course, in any deck, really. I mean, that's why Vidalcan Orrery is like sixty bucks or something. Um, but the Whoa. the ley line being just in blue uh, means it kind of keeps the price down a little bit, and it's just really good for this deck. We can do all of our stuff at instant speed. Just, you know, I mean, I, I don't need to tell you about that. It's just a great, great ability to have. Um, a lot of the stuff in this deck is instant speed anyways. There's a lot of like, can't uh, draw spells and things like that. So Leyline just just makes everything great. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, this is a setting up here. This is a setting up what we want to be doing. Um, so we've got our we, we, we want to be uh, we want to be able to get the song of the world soul. Vega's going to be getting us to draw some cards while we're doing it. The other key thing that we're going to want to be doing is making those tokens, obviously, because we we got to have something to populate. So Sean, take a look at these first two cards because these are kind of the two types of things we'll be populating. Right. So we've got a Felidar retreat, three and a white for a landfall enchantment. Um, whenever a land enters, you choose one. Create a two-two white cat beast creature token or Put a plus and plus encounter on each creature you control, and they gain vigilance until end of turn. That second ability sounds so huge compared to the first one. Yeah. Like, do you want a tutu, or do you want to grow your army, give it vigilance? <laughs> I was surprised. I play tested this deck quite a couple of times, and I was surprised at how often I just didn't pick the first thing. I was surprised at how you know I had some other token already, so I didn't even need to make the cat beast. But yeah. the safety net is there. If you have no tokens, that first land turns into a cat. And obviously, if you have Song of the World Soul, then you're just off to the races. But um, but it's still just, just there. To, it, it, it does either side. Once you have your tokens, yeah, this is just puts counters on everything, makes it huge permanently. This card's great. Is that cat in the art <laughs> look a little derpy to you? Uh -huh. <laughs> what is that? A this is... 
Oh, they're, they are cat beasts. So like yeah. these are like primitive cat beasts. Like oh, okay, like cave, cave yeah, cats. cave dwelling cats. <laughs> like they're, it looks like they are in a cave here. Okay. Uh, well, and the other the other token generator is going to be quasi duplicate. One blue blue for a sorcery. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, and it has jumpstart, which is a Vega option mm-hmm. because you can cast it from your graveyard by discarding a land in addition to paying the costs. Uh, what a fantastic card to get another copy of a great creature and then populate it. It's so good. Yeah. Quasi-duplicate, cackling, counterpart, those types of cards. A uh, couple of things that are going to be making us tokens of things already on the battlefield. And you don't have to hold this waiting for some incredibly good creature or anything like that. Like any kind of creature is fine. Uh, flyers are great. You know, and you sometimes get like a... Um, there's, I don't know, you get some drakes in the stack and things like that. So quasi-duplicate at any stage is basically good. Um, yeah, and the, like you said, the jumpstart ability works great with Vega, so we're going to be able to draw some cards from there as well. Um, so talking about... So that, that that's the setup. Talking about the stuff that we... Um, that we're going to need to make this go, right? The vegetables. I'm talking about that sort of cantrip draw style, the thing that Vega wants us to do. We got a couple cards that are going to be... Um, kind of providing that, like I said, I said populate storm, right? Um, it's not yeah. truly a storm deck. Like it's not like you're going to be casting nine spells of one turn with this deck, but there is there there might be turns where you get to do, like, you get to do like two, three, or even four because a lot of these things are cheap, and then you'll. Uh, I found like Felidar Retreat to be amazing in those in those ones because you make a bunch of tokens, casting through three or four spells, play your land. Put a plus one plus one counter on all of them. They all get vigilance. You know, there's all kinds of there's like th- that feels really stormy kind of as well. So, um, the 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 spells I'm talking about are like Radical Idea, which is the one in a blue instant that just says draw a card with jumpstart. So like there's just kind of this cantrippy thing going on. Una's Grace, two in a blue for the instant that says target player draws a card with retrace. A favorite, a favorite. Sean loves Una's Grace, and it's because it's a great card. Um, it's a great mana sink, right? Um. You draw those lands late, which Vega's going to draw you into lands. Let me tell you, Vega's going to draw you into a bunch of lands. That happens with these cantrip decks. So Una's Grace works perfect in uh, for that. Uh, Behold the Multiverse is a new one from Kaldheim. It's three and a blue for an instant that says scry two, then draw two cards. But it has foretell for one and a blue. So there's a couple foretell cards in here. And yeah, we just foretell them on an earlier turn or like on one of those turns where we've got six mana. We played, you know, something that costs three or four. And then you can just foretell Behold the Multiverse for the next, like literally the next player's turn, you can do it. You don't have to wait for a whole go around of the table or anything. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good enough. And trust me, you get a couple cards in for, in like the foretell, uh, like exiled with foretell in this, in this deck. And all of a sudden you can just start, that's when you actually get like a real stormy turn where you can start casting things for one, 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 two, and you're drawing like a million cards. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but th- these are all really like true vegetables of this deck. You, you need this type of thing to be able to keep going on. Um, p- uh, uh, but there are different styles of this. And Sean, why don't you take these next couple where we're going to be like protection type cards and sort of that populate feel. Sure, we can protect with Sajiri Shelter, which is the backside of, or I guess it's the front of an front, MDFC. Yeah. It's a, also a land, a white land, but it's also one in a white for an instant. Target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. Um, this one, emergence that, that was just straight up protection. These next two are the more the, um, the, the cantrip ones. 
Yeah, uh, target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice till end of turn. This is Emerge Unscathed, one, a single white mana for an instant, but it also has Rebound, so we're going to cast it from Exile at the beginning of our next upkeep, so that's a Vega trigger there. Uh, and we're talking about Ephemerate, another single white instant. Exile target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control, and it also has Rebound, so another Vega and another chance to get an ETB trigger. Yeah, and these can help with that kind of storm count kind of feel as well. Not only because oh, they're yeah, one mana. Oh, yeah, because you're not spending them, yeah. yeah. exactly. But on that next turn, you just get these spells happening at the yeah. beginning of your turn, and cool. um, they can really help out that way. And those trigger the 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 uh, Song of the World Soul as well, um, mm-hmm. when even when they're not cast from your hand. So um, so there you go. That's, that's the start of this deck. Now let's just start talking about all these wonderful Neat moves. Working on a neat moves. Okay, so um, one of the first things that comes to mind in a deck where you're going to be drawing a lot of cards because of all the, you know, all the Vega things that are happening here, and something where you want to be making copies of stuff. Well, it's just I mean, there's no better creature than uh, Psychosis Crawler, uh, the five mana artifact creature horror. It's a star star. Its power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in your hand. And whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. Let me tell you, this is one of the absolute main, like, win cons in the deck. It's like the if you can nail a Psychosis Crawler on the board and start making copies of it, the game is, the game ends very quickly. You If you have a turn like that where you're, you're retracing and, like, doing all that kind of jump starting and all that kind of stuff, it just... If you have more, even if you only have, if you have the one psychosis scroller, it's quite good. But if you if you can quasi duplicate it and stuff, it just gets ugly very very fast. And that's why I wanted to also highlight Cackling Counterpart, which is basically the same as quasi duplicate. It's the one blue blue instant that's um, created a token of uh, something you control. But this one has flashback five blue blue uh, for the flashback. But another, it's another Vega thing. It's it's a lot, but let me tell you, it's worth it if you're if you're targeting psychosis crawler with it. Yeah. Uh, take uh, so this next one, um, oh, and this is kind of like a little addendum. Sean, why don't you talk a little bit about this card because I know oh. you're a little familiar with this guy now. Sure, Orvar the All Form, three in a blue for a shapeshifter, three three with Changeling. Uh, I'll read the least relevant ability first. When a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, create a token that's a copy of any target permanent <laughs> incredible stuff uh but i mean when when is this going to happen yeah. i mean there are discard decks and if you know you're facing one you're going to want to hold all orvar <laughs> in your hand but the main ability is when orvar is out on the battlefield when you cast an instant or sorcery spell if it targets one or more permanents you control other than orvar create a token that's a copy of one of those targeted permanents so that's pretty cool yeah so look at all those uh protection cards that we just read through right the the uh, the Sajiri Shelter, the Emergence Gate, the Ephemerates, like these cards are in here, not just because they work incredibly well as cheap spells to get, you know, uh, going to get uh, Song of the World Soul going, going, or to draw cards with Vega, but because Orvar is kind of like the secret second commander we have in this deck who works so incredibly well because as we're triggering Populate, Orvar gives us new targets to populate. And he creates copies of stuff just on his own from those cards. So he turns like all of our other, like one mana, this thing gets protection from colors, uh, into quasi duplicates. And also, just does it for quasi duplicates also. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. pretty incredible. Orvar's really, really good in this deck. 
Um, what else do we have here? Oh, you can read this next one too. This one, just a good card sure. in this deck. Sunscourge bit. Champion. Uh, this is an, uh, from Hour of Devastation with the Eternalize. So it's two and a white for a two, three human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, gain life equal to its power, probably two. Uh, and you can eternalize it. So you have to discard a card and pay two white, white. And then you create a token that's a copy of this, except it's a 4-4 four, four black zombie human wizard with no mana cost. You can only eternalize as a sorcery, so, but you will still gain life equal to its power, which is four again. Um, pretty good deal. Uh, and that's another, you're casting this from the graveyard. You're eternal. Well, you're not casting yeah, it, Yeah, that's the you? thing. So, so I, it doesn't hit Vega. So I think, I can't remember if it was someone in the Discord, if it was myself, who uh, was thinking of this. And I was like, oh, that's a great ability from the graveyard. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, it is that. It is just that, though. It is an ability that you use from the graveyard. It is not casting. So I actually won't uh, trigger Vega. But I'm glad I looked at e Eternalize and Embalm because there's still a lot of good options for this deck because it creates tokens, right? Like Sunscourge yeah. Champion makes four fours that gain you four life every time they come into play. So if you start populating those, like you, you can get back into games you have no business being in simply by right. casting a couple of small draw spells, right? Um, yeah. So Sunscourge Champion, like, is a really, like, surprisingly very good card in this deck. I had a testing game where I was just down to, like, five life. I eternalized this, populated, like, four versions of it, and all of a sudden I'm back in the game, right? Yeah. Very fun. Um, very fun. Uh, we also have in here uh, Ethereal Valkyrie, uh, which is four white blue. It's from the new, it's from the Kaldheim Commander set, the, the blue-white one. Um, it's, a it's a flying spirit angel. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you draw a card. Then you exile a card from your hand face down. It becomes foretold. Its foretell cost is the mana cost reduced by two generic. Um, obviously, I mean, no, no, not a lot of uh, explain needed to be done here. This just puts something we wouldn't be able to put into the foretell kind of, I keep wanting to call it the foretell zone. Put it into exile, foretold, uh, and uh, that's a that's a strong ability because we've got some like like I said, there's some bigger enchantments here, like some of those big six mana cards that this works perfectly with. Um, another one that this that works really. Oh wait, I had I had another one. Oh, I, I missed it on the thing. Sage of the Beyond. Sage of the Beyond works specifically also very well. And I believe this is. This is either from Call Time or it's also from the Commander's set. Yeah, it's from the Commander's set. Uh, it's five blue-blue for the 5-5 five, five Spirit Giant. It has flying. Spells you cast from anywhere other than your hand cost two generic less to cast. And you can foretell this guy uh, for four and a blue. So big mana cost here. Big creature. I mean, a 5-5 five, five Flyer is nice to have. We always talk about that. But reducing mana cost from anywhere other than your hand, I mean, that's what this deck wants to do. So this this is just like the craziest bit of ramp and really lets us get nuts with this, you know, the quote storming that can happen since we're, you know, spending one, two mana to cast things from from exile that way yeah. or anywhere else for that matter. Really good little combo here. Uh, some other ways we're going to make some cool tokens is with a card like Ojitai's Summons. Three blue blue sorcery. Put a two two blue Jin monk creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Five mana for a 2-2 two, two flyer sounds a lot, but we've also got rebound, so we're going to get another 
That's also an extra draw from Vega. That's also another spell being cast for populating for Song of the World Soul. And of course, Talran Sky Summoner, 2 blue blue, Legendary Merfolk Wizard, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, create a 2-2 two, two blue Drake creature token with flying. Two twos in the air. You don't need a huge army of them before they can take over a game. Absolutely. Yep. No, no, no doubt about that. Um, these two uh, guys, well worth it. They work incredibly well with both aspects of it, with Talrand, with like the, you know, the, the multiple spell casting in a turn. Also, like the great thing about Song of the World Soul is that like normally if we didn't have like this is just a five mana spell that puts out a two two monk. Yeah, it, re it rebounds. That's cool. We draw a little thing. But like every thing, every spell you cast, you're going to get another one. So really, like if you have Song of the World Soul out, if we get that work done early, if we're able to, to cast that first, Ojatai Summons is actually make two things, make a 2-2 two -two blue gin thing and populate, right? When you look at it that way, that's that's very good. And then you get the rebound. It's the same thing. So this one card can be responsible for four well it's not one card because you need the song of the world soul but when you cast this one card you can get four you know creatures out of it which becomes really 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 good and much better than it looks on the surface and obviously we yeah. all know we all know how good talrand is just incredible um what's the other neat move here oh yeah so we talked about the eternalize well we do have a really great embalm creature in here too it's avon wind guide two white blue for the two three flying vigilance creature tokens you control have flying and vigilance and you can embalm it for four white blue. And embalming is like eternalizing, except it's just the same creature. It's not like a four four. It doesn't change anything about it. It's, actually, it changes the fact that it's, I believe, only a white zombie with no mana cost, right? Right. And it's still right. a bird warrior and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, very good card to have. Very great card to to populate. You know, two three flying vigilance is great. Uh, we'll take that and make a bunch of those. And the fact that it gives that to all your tokens is pretty incredible yeah um sean read this one because it's a similar thing as like embalm and and eternalize where we're not going to get that vega trigger uh like um like we thought in the discord but it's still just good enough to play yeah this is back from the brink for blue blue for an enchantment and here's the ability it has exile a creature card from your graveyard and pay its mana cost that's the activation cost once you've done that Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that card. Activate this ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery. So now we can get a second life, a second cast out of all of our creatures from our graveyard for the low cost of paying for them again and exiling them. But now they're tokens. And so Vega, Vega, right. So we're not actually casting them from the graveyard, mm -hmm. but for as far as populating goes, this is a great way to get tokens of regular creatures. Yeah, any of your any of your creatures at the graveyard, you just cast them again, essentially, uh, yeah. from the from the graveyard, which is really great. And this is another six mana. It's also an enchantment, so all of our tutors can get this one. And this one is surprisingly good, uh, I will say. It's also a great uh, thing to foretell with the uh, with the Valkyrie. Uh, you get to right. reduce its cost nicely. Um, and finally, we've got a, we've got some other like uh, card draw payoffs that work. Um, with all the other things we're doing here. One of them is Ominous Seas. It's the one in a blue enchantment. This is whenever you draw a card, you put a, sh it put a foreshadow counter on it and then remove eight foreshadow counters from Ominous Seas, create an 8-8 eight, eight blue Kraken creature token and it has cycling for uh, two generic. I mean, we're drawing a lot of cards with this deck. <laughs> Being able to populate 8-8 eight, eight 
<laughs> tokens is pretty sweet. So we'll take yeah. this. And also you get to make that 8-8 token at instant speed. Uh, that's one thing that is easy to forget, but um, uh, is actually makes it pretty good. Um, <clears throat> Hoofprints of the Stag is kind of a similar card. One in a white. This is actually a tribal enchantment. It's an elemental. Uh, whenever you draw a card, you may put a hoofprint counter on Hoofprints of the Stag. And you can pay two and a white to remove four hoofprint counters uh, and create a 4-4 white elemental creature token with flying. And you can uh, only do that during your turn. So this one you can't do. Well, you can do it at instant speed, just on your own turn only. Um, both of these are just examples of payoff for the drawing if we don't get there right away with you know creating a copy of something. or the, but, and, but these are like real deal tokens. These are actually two of the best tokens we can make in our deck. 4-4, four, four, basically they're 4-4 four, four flying like angels, essentially, and, uh, and the big 8-8 eight, eight Kraken. So pretty cool stuff there. We've got a lot of different angles, a lot of like everything the deck does, whether it's populating, kind of the storming thing, which is cantripping, all the drawing cards that really all feeds into each other. It's a nice little engine. And the great thing I found in the, the testing is that it, it works even if you're missing like one of the main pieces, it can still work really well. Like if you're not, if you don't, if you don't, like I had some games where I didn't have Soul or Song of the World Soul, and you can still make a lot of tokens with this deck, and you still draw a lot of cards. I had it, I had it at the point because of Felidar or um, what's it called, Felidar Retreat, where yeah. my Vega was really huge. <laughs> my Vega was like a <laughs> nine nine flyer or something like that because of like using there you go. Uh, evolving wilds and things like that. So there's a lot of different, you know, there's some cool angles you can come at with this deck, and I I like it. Uh, I like it for that reason. Um, we had a lot of help on this one in the Discord. A uh, bunch of people showed up, and it was a, it was a, it was wild. <laughs> I had like four pages of cards that work with Vega before I even was like, before we even decided on a direction to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that that does sound like our Discord. Uh, be like, hey, what do you think of this quarter idea? Yeah. It's like, well, here's one hundred <laughs> cards that work for that. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Now give us some direction but so good and then i did like once that i once like i kind of saw the direction then i like went back and was like oh yes oh, a bunch of these cards work perfectly in this deck so we had help from yeah. a lot of people i mentioned brave sir robin right off the top uh he was in there dylan ph um pips don't lie chiefy nosrack to the the wizard cops um mr big Benz, jamon knackle booper uh, Twin Slug, Matt Fox 12, Seeker of the Lols, and T Coats. Uh, if I missed anyone, apologies. Get you next time. You know how how it is. But um, that is, from what I can see, that was that was the crew in there. And uh, just, I mean, you guys had you guys nailed it from like like it took no time for me to have to sort through like 120 you know possibilities, maybe even more. I don't know. Um, to mix with my own ideas for it. So this was a lot of fun. Had a great time. Um, well, now that we've uh, sort of mentioned those wonderful, wonderful Discord helpers, uh, I think it's time for the budget report. All right. So uh, coming in um, at the TCG, me what is it, market, medium, market price? Mid. Mid. At 138, so we're a little over that, like sort of one to 120, where I like to try and keep it these days. But um, there's there's definitely some cuttables here. The low is 73. I mean, you can get that down to at least 50 bucks, I think, very easily. 
um, pricey cards in this one. Um, it's it's sad to say, but uh, Helm of the Host is right up there these days. Twelve dollars. Um, no surprise. You know this makes some great tokens for us to populate. But honestly, it's a nine man investment to get the first one, and uh, I'm. I love this card. I love what it does. I love the shenanigans you can have with this card, the, the possibilities, but it's it's a little slow, and I think it's very easily cuttable from this deck. In fact, absolutely, I would cut it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next most expensive card is another one of those, like, it's like, eh, I, we, it's not surprising that it got expensive. Is Toothy, the imaginary friend, three and a blue for a legendary illusion. Uh, starts as a 1-1, one, one, but whenever you draw a card, you put a plus one plus one counter on Toothy, and whenever Toothy leaves the battlefield, exile or dies, anything like that, or goes back to your hand, you draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. The only danger here is that that's not a May. Mm. So <laughs> Toothy becomes your demise if you draw too many cards and your opponents are like, wait, how big's Toothy? How many cards in your library? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's incredible. I Great ephemerate target here, but um, at $8, um, actually not a wow. great target to populate, oddly enough. And I did find myself a couple of times being like, huh, I kind of wish I had that like uh, that squid that just has the draw card, put a plus a plus a counter on it. Yes. Not Chasm Skulker, but just the base, like what is, it's like an octopus or something. Um, yeah. I, I was I was like, you know what? I almost want that card more. But Toothy's still very good in this deck. But $8 good. You can definitely replace it for um, for much cheaper. Um, finally, yeah, we got Aetherflux Reservoir in this deck. And like I said, you know, this might have been a bit of a uh, eyes are bigger than my stomach thing. Because we're not really truly storming off super often in this deck. Like I said, you might be able to do some things where we reduce the mana cost. And we get three or four, maybe five spells cast in one turn. You're really lucky, but it's it's not super often. Generally, we're you know we're 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 getting in the two to four range, and I think you need more for Etherflux Reservoir to really become a main thing you're doing. Otherwise, just kind of draws us a decent amount of life. So you could easily cut this for the nine dollars that it costs, and maybe run. I don't know. Maybe there's another option that cares about spells. A lot of spells being uh, cost that just isn't quite as expensive. Sure. Um. Obviously, if we had no budget limit, we could we could have a, a wider berth here. But uh, Sean, why don't you tell us about this one that oh, obviously boy. goes in this deck? Anointed Procession, the Amonkhet enchantment that's three and a white. Basically, what is it called? Anyway, I'll, parallel I'll lives. The equivalent parallel lives. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates double instead. Uh, it is up to. 25 to 35 bucks yeah, depending on which version you get yeah yeah obviously we would take this card in a heartbeat it's for super specialized for this deck but uh wow. at 26 bucks you know we're honestly we're populating enough with with song of the world soul that it's you, you don't really miss it obviously if you have one definitely put it in this deck though okay uh so um with that that is the deck that is everything the ins and outs the what have yous um of this one, I, I tell you, I, I like I said, I play tested this one a couple of times, and it's pretty fun. Like you know, you get into some board states there where uh, where you know you can do a lot of damage and kind of <laughs> win different ways, which is interesting. I mean, you're always making you're always you're always populating creatures, but sometimes you're populating like a copy of a real creature, and sometimes you're just making like four four flyers. And anyways, it's it's some neat. There's some neat stuff to be done in here, and it's a lot of fun. Um, 
that does it for this deck. But Sean and I have a quick, quick appointment that we need to get out to. It's that show that we host uh, every week, honestly. And uh, it's an award show. Perhaps you're familiar with it. Let's go check that out now. It's the Audric Awards. <laughs> How wonderful to be here tonight. Uh, Such a starry evening full of glamour and glitz. And there in the front row, welcome to the multiverse, Frodo Baggins. How are you doing? Good to see you down there, Frodo. The actual character, Frodo, Frodo Baggins, not Elijah Wood. He's sitting a couple rows back. Hello, Elijah. Hello. Great to see Hello. you. Hello. Good Great to see to you. Have You're you both here. here. Nice. Yes. Uh, well, uh, this um, this evening we have a one award to hand out, and it's a it's a very prestigious one. It recalls former uh, Academy Award winning director Guillermo del Guillermo del Toro. This, of course, is the award for uh, <laughs> could have been cast in Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> And the award goes to Magus of the Future. There you go. Magus of the Future, welcome to the Audric Awards. You've earned your spot being an absolutely terrifying looking weirdo. Um, don't think we didn't notice that you might live in an actual labyrinth. Look at those stairs back there. That's a that's a mm-hmm. 3D labyrinth. Uh, if I've ever seen it, perhaps 4D. You're, you are a Magus of the future. Um, yeah. Where are your eyeballs? Are they on your hands? Looks like maybe. Yes. Uh, well, that is that, that will do it for the night. Congratulations to all the winners uh, here at the awards. Um, uh, you know, it's. It, I would like to see more of the hobbits in the front row wearing shoes. But, hey, we'll work on that for next time. Until then, good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. If you love what we're doing, consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. And if you want to get any of the cards from our deck list, go to our TCG player affiliate link below. That helps us out too. And for a free way to help us out, consider sharing the show with some friends. Like and subscribe, add a comment or two. See you later. Bye.